Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am your co-host, Sam Fain, joined as always by the one and only tournament master himself, Todd Gershel. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. Where's Mike? You know, we've been recording like, you know, I don't know what happened to this guy. We saw him for the virtual con and he runs away again. I don't know what's going on here. He's hanging out with other podcasters. It's just I know, a scandal, man. Jeez. I don't understand. What do we have to do to get him back here? Am I not nice enough to him? I feel like I'm <laughs> nice to him. Uh, no, we, we miss Mike, and uh, I yeah, look forward to having him back uh, soon. You know, he's got a lot going on, as, as we all do. But yeah. um, obviously, you know, he's, he's uh, got some other commitments. Um, and not only do we understand and tolerate that uh but we love him for it you know he's a busy yeah. guy and any any time that he gives us is is pretty awesome so um yeah but we yeah. have some plans for some podcasts in the in the month of november here uh that uh you know we'll we'll, we'll have him back in you know for for stuff later on this month yeah for sure. I, I gotta try to pull some centrist spoilers out of him a year in advance. Year in advance. I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. He's got everything. Yeah, he hasn't even shared those with me yet. So I, don't I don't even know what's coming up next. I knew it was coming up no. at twenty one seventeen for a while, but I have no idea what's coming up at twenty one eighteen. I'm looking forward to it. I am playing my Centrafed. I'm about ready to uh, get into the uh, Primus Carnage event and uh, nice. uh, crown some new champions. There, new uh, Primus Carnage champion, new tag champions. So looking forward uh, to that. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Oh man. The carnage, the Primus Carnage gauntlets and, and just in general in that championship. And so I, I, I'm such a big fan of, 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 you know, how that all played out. And I know that my, my tournament to crown my first champion was probably one of my favorite tournaments that I've, that I've played frankly in a long time. The matches were brutal and resulted in multiple injuries. I remember that both uh, Darkest Justice and, uh, and Mayhem uh, Unleashed were on the shelf for like five or six cards after their tournament matches because they, oh they got hurt. Yeah, but um, but no, I, I I think I have a theory that Mike purposely keeps me in the dark on Centra stuff, but he does it uh, out of the goodness of his heart because he wants yeah. me to be able to remain a, a, a fan, pure and untarnished by inside knowledge. And, yeah. uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Rob spoils me. Rob sends me stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rob so. can't keep any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, I also love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you get both sides of it there, but you know, speaking with, you know, uh, titles and, and stuff with Rob, I know he shared some stuff with me this week, uh, for, Ooh. you know, some new titles in FTR, um, you know, or at least a new title in FTR, which I think is going to be, uh, a lot of fun, uh, to use. So I'm really excited for people, uh, to get, you know, start get reading, reading that. I know we just kind of got an initial draft ourselves here that we, you know, we'll be, you know, pouring through and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, some really, really fun characters coming out of FTR for sure. Yeah. I had a chance to, to glance briefly at like the first few pages and, uh, and then also look at some of the, the preliminary stats. And I think that it's important that anything I say now, a, I'm not going to spoil anything and B, it could change. So if I, so if I say something now and you guys, you know, get the cards a couple months from now and you're thinking to yourself, well, what's I'm talking about? You know, obviously things can change, but one of the things that I, w- I was surprised by some of the stats in a good way, like I the, the, just seen the, the direction that, that some of these, uh, uh, you, you know, 
wrestlers have taken and, 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 and the, you know, the growth, um, and, and not only the growth, but even just some of the new folks, they, I was really, I was really impressed with some of the stuff that he's done stat wise, uh, which I always am. I mean, I think Rob is, is, is kind of a mad scientist when it comes to some of that stuff. He's uh, yeah, the, probably the most, you know, thoughtful person when coming together with stats of, of anybody I know. So yeah, he, yeah. he really takes it seriously. And I think he's got, it's tough with the FTR cause you know, you always want to kind of make guys like really great you know right, it's like right. well that's not necessarily the purpose of this you know promotion it's you're a little bit of a feeder system so guys i mean obviously some of the guys have gotten better and a little more competitive uh it's not necessarily all scrubs but you know they, right. they shouldn't be on the level of some of the gwf or you know or Kronos or Centra or something like that. You know, this right. is this is that that minor league. So you know, it's almost like, and this is not a blanket statement, but it's almost in a way you could compare some of what he's done with FTR, especially like the last set and this set, with the difference between like legends and indies. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 like some of the when you look at sort of the baseline indies stats, they're not necessarily going to be as competitive as what you might see with the baseline of the legend stats. You know, um, that said, you're going to get, uh, you know, a Tyler Black or, you know, the you know some of the other cards that we have available to us, um, you know, in, in, in the indies um, that would easily be competitive with some of the top cards in the legend sets. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, with FTR, you know, the baseline is obviously going to be lower than what you see in the GWF. Although the funny thing is, is you look at some of the stats in FTR and if you placed some of the top guys in FTR in like 2087, like those cards would play like, you know, sure. Like Thantos and Wolf would, you know, in Star Wars would probably give them a hard time. Yeah. But you know, some of those guys could probably give, you know, even, you know, even Star Warrior Wolf will run for their money, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely at least Exo King and Massive, you know, yeah. Right. I think so for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, the, 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 the power creep is real, you know, folks. Right, you know? So, right. But again, I think also you, you have, you know, right now, you know, I think we talked before about how, like, a lot of the, the 2087 cards, you know, I think this came up in the, during the, one of the, uh, discussions there um uh at the during one of the tournaments but someone was asking about how you know some of the newer cards seem a lot stronger it's like well you know i think the 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 the, the whole philosophy changed you know it's now a lot more quicker and offensive minded whereas like the ones the early 27 cards are maybe a little bit more plotting and a little bit more you know a little more defensive heavy and not as strong on offense and that kind of switched over time where yeah, yeah maybe the cards are stronger but it's but the defenses i think are weaker it's all meant to be a faster paced thing which is matches a little bit more the the style today sure yeah and i can definitely appreciate that you know i think that um i i i love being able to have you know longer matches when you know, when I want to, I guess, you know, like I, I was rolling out a legends card the other day and uh, I had a buddy Rogers and Johnny Valentine match. And, you know, I wanted that to be a, a good long match. Now I also made it a two out of three falls match, which helps with that. But the truth sure. of the matter is, is like, even without that stipulation, you know, those cards are built in a way that, yeah, you can kind of get a little bit more of a, uh, you know, parody between the two of them and a, you know, longer match out of it. And I think that's also true. Like you said, of some of the earlier uh, cards, you know, certainly 2087, 2088, 2089, you know, there's, there's more uh, of ability to, to have those types of competitive longer matches um, depending on the cards you use. I mean, if you put mutant in there with Thantos, it's going to be pretty, you know, right. Easy right. to determine who's going to win. But um you know, we mentioned the legends and, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting because this is uh, a guy that I 
just love. Uh, you know, I use him uh, quite a bit in my uh, in my Legends Fed, and uh, I, I think you know, anytime we get the opportunity to kind of check another black and white update uh, off is, is always awesome. And uh, when it comes to this particular Memphis-themed Legends of Wrestling set, I think that there's really only one name that can compare in a lot of ways with Austin Idol and, you know, maybe one other name in the territory for, you know, a stretch of time, you know, those late seventies and through, you know, the eighties with, with just what he meant to the territory. And that of course is superstar Bill Dundee. Yeah. No, this is one, you know, we had to do, we had to include him for sure. Uh, you obviously had a black and white card, but yeah, if we're doing this set here, you know, key part of that, uh, that territory. So Definitely glad to have this color update for Dundee. Yeah, that was, you know, first name on the list, I think, when we decided we were doing Memphis. But, you know, besides after, you know, having Austin Idol kind of squared away. But, yeah, glad glad to have this this new card for him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's been such a, a, a important figure uh, in Memphis wrestling. You know, worth noting, obviously, that the you know he he had a booking uh, gig in Mid South uh, when Mid South was kind of at its at its hottest there in the early '80s as well as part of a sort of a talent trade that uh, Jerry Jarrett and Bill Watts did. Um, but you know, his in ring career in Memphis is is pretty legendary, um, and that might be an understatement, quite frankly, um, just for what he meant to the territory and his feud with you know with Jerry Lawler's partnership with Jerry Lawler as well. Um, his his participation in you know documentaries like Memphis Heat which is just an essential, essential wrestling documentary. And certainly I, I, anyone who's not seen it, if you're listening to this, I recommend giving that a watch prior to the set coming out, because I think that it will just kind of, you know, if, if you're not as familiar with Memphis, it really gives you such a great view overview of the territory, um, yeah, pretty much from start to finish, um, which is, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's some great names, great names that are already in the game. Some names that we hope to have in the game that are included in that documentary, but Bill Dundee is definitely a big part of it as well. Uh, and his autobiography, uh, if you uh, if you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. Uh, it's a great autobiography. I enjoy it. That, that I think was co-written with Mark James, of course, who is just the you know the guru of Memphis wrestling history, which is actually his website, MemphisWrestlingHistory.com. So I highly recommend checking that out as well. But yeah, Superstar Bill Dundee getting the color update. Uh, really looking forward to seeing if the Legends team does any tweaks to his stats. You know, I always thought that maybe he was uh, yeah a little weaker. I'm sure they will. Then he, then yeah. he, then you know, then I think he could have been a little bit stronger. Uh, just, just you know, just, just my opinion. Not, not necessarily a lot, but maybe just a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, obviously, I think that footage is probably a little bit more readily available than when the card was initially created. So um, maybe they've had the opportunity to make some revisions on that end as well. Not that I, I felt like moveset wise, I thought the card was pretty much perfect. So I don't, you know, I, I'm not quibbling or criticizing uh, at all. You know, I, I'm always thrilled with with everything that they do, but. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, there you have it. Superstar. And I'm definitely going to take you up on that, uh, watching the Memphis heat thing. Yeah. I've not seen that. And again, I'm not so good. not as familiar with it, so, but I do see right now it is available for three 99 on Amazon. So yeah, I will probably be watching that at one point soon. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Um, and then, uh, we also of course have, a women of the indies international edition teaser uh and this week is none other than jody threat um great name i i you know i think that this is someone that 
if people aren't familiar with her yet, they will they will definitely become more familiar with her, uh, not just because of this card, but because I think she's going to, you know, be seen even more uh, in the coming years. She's, you know, only been a pro for about four years now, uh, but she's, you know, already picked up her share of, of titles, um, in, including uh, being the current Clash Women's Champion for 785 days. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, <clears throat> you know, her, her career has certainly taken her, um, I think all over the globe, uh, she's had, um, uh, matches, you know, all, all over the States, obviously, but also, uh, in her native land of Canada, um, she's engaged in, in lots of intergender matches as well. So, um, not trying to bring up an old topic by any means, but also just saying that that's another opportunity, I think, for ways to use her. Um, she's done a lot of work here in Chicago, um, with, um, AAW, uh, worked for Black Label Pro, IWA Mid-South. Um, you know, she's just, yeah, I think that, uh, she's a great name, a great addition, someone that, that uh, folks are going to be hearing a lot more about um, and continue to hear more about because she's already established herself over the past few years. But uh, I think that, yeah, uh, up is the best direction uh, for her, for sure. Yep. Now, definitely uh, your name I've been hearing more about recently and uh, yeah, got great look, uh, you know, and I know uh, yeah. she's got the, uh, you know, the, the, the skateboard part of her personality too. I know uh, I've been seeing in some of the different uh, promo pictures that I was looking together for the art there. Um, and uh, yeah, just, I just a kind of a cool character. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to have her uh, as part of this. Yeah. And, you know, not only someone who is squared off against a lot of uh, wrestlers that are in the game already, but also uh, has a tag team or had a tag team with Alley Cat, the punk rock Pussycats, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but great name. Uh, so I think that, um, yeah, I, 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 again, just excited to, to have her in the game. Um, she ranked, I can't remember where exactly, but I know she ranked um, on the uh, top 100 uh, PWI list of 2020, and she just recently ranked on the uh, top 150 as well. Um, do you remember a little, over, little over 100? So a little over 100, I think, yeah, the most recent list there. I just because uh, I, I just had it pulled up and then I lost it, but um, yeah, uh, she's 119, 119 on the list of 150. So um, yeah, uh, just another great addition to this set and helps to enhance that international flavor. Now we've got someone from Russia, we've got somebody from the United States, and now we've got someone from Canada. Where will we head to next, promoter? Mm-hmm. We'll find <laughs> out. Yeah, there's a couple, couple more countries to be represented. And yeah, oh, I yeah. think we got a good good mix this year, for sure. Yeah, I know of, I know of three, four, four more countries for sure. Yeah. Um, to be represented in the set, um, yeah. maybe more, but at least, at least, at least, I think it might be four, but four. I don't know. we'll, 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 we'll see. see. Well, there's still, there's yeah. still a couple question marks in there, too. There's still some, so. yeah, some flux. There's some flux, if you will. As with any of these indie oh, sets, there's always four. a little bit towards yeah. the end, yeah, 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 because yeah. because two of the people I was thinking of are actually from the same country, but anyway, That's right. uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about this set, uh, and you know I had a hand in signing a couple of people for it, and um, you know Ty obviously has done great work. You, you know we've always got Zeke to thank for for all of his wonderful indie signings as well, um, and uh, I know I know I know Todd's working on some stuff too. So you know yeah, 
<laughs> so say so, yeah, it's all it's all a team effort here and you know we're just trying to get the best you know the best uh lineup we can possible you know based on on the theme here and uh yeah we're already even working towards uh 2022 you know i know uh the, you know zeke and i were kind of talking about that the other night i have my little uh sheet of paper here where i've been uh plotting out to the next two years actually in, in some oh, respects wow, you know, that. You know, at least in some ways but mostly next year um so yeah, we're we're always thinking the future here. So. Nice, nice. Well, um, that that pretty much does it right now for teasers. Although, can we can we tease the legends tease? Can we tease it? I won't I won't give anything away, except for one thing. Sure, I don't know what you're going to tease, but all right. uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, all right, cool. I just got I got permission. If Mike was here, he'd be like, "No." Uh, all I'm going to say is this: it's a new name. Well, there you go. I think that's fine. I think right? that's good enough to share right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did, we got the, you know, the black and white uh, conversion, if you will, uh, this, this past week. And now we get a new name on Friday. So that's exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and and, and th- I'd say there's a good share of new names in the set for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, I'm so excited for this set. I really, I really am. I have like, <sighs> unabashedly so in fact to the to the point that i am legitimately thinking about doing a a just a, a memphis territory and and not you know not shuttering my old legends fed by any means but just building a memphis territory you know yep. uh with, what, with the talent that we have so um I, I am looking forward to running that uh memphis tournament at the uh january con that that should be a lot of fun yeah for sure yeah absolutely schedule a musical performance by Elvis. There you um, go. <laughs> so, um, so this week, you know, we mentioned it last time around on the podcast. Uh, we had the Austin Idol interview uh, last week. This week, we're going to do the panels with the uh, team's Legends team, Indies team, and then Rob for FTR3. Um, it runs a little bit longer than the than the Austin Idol interview, so uh, which is great because I don't have as much to say as I did last time around. Uh, but uh, we wanted to be able to share this with anyone that obviously could not make it to the con. Um, and uh, of course, for anyone that was there and wanted to hear it again, uh, you know, try to dissect some things, figure out if there were any uh, unintentional spoilers or teasers, feel free. Uh, if not, however, you know, you're, you're free to go, class. Uh, and we really appreciate you listening. But stick around uh, afterwards. We'll be back uh, very briefly here after the um, the panels. So enjoy. Uh, and I just want to thank everybody again for the questions. Um, you, you know, I, I, I get to kind of host these things, but I always love uh, all the questions that everybody comes up with because man, I'll tell you what, you know, some of the stuff is, is stuff that I, I'm not thinking about at all. And then other stuff is like, Oh yeah, I did want to ask something like that. So uh, it's super helpful to have those additional questions and uh, you know, it's up to you promoter. That's the whole damn theme, right? So, right. Uh, so enjoy, enjoy these and uh, we'll be right back afterwards. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, take it away, Sam. You can uh, t- yeah, talk about the news for release there, a little bit of Memphis stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the question. I, this is a question that I've been wanting to ask for a while now, and I feel like it, uh, it, it pairs nicely with the conversation that we've sort of had ongoing since I think the first time that we spoke, you know, over a year ago at Galacticon when we were in the throes of the, of the pandemic and we had that first virtual con. And that is with this set, with the Memphis set specifically, we're talking about a lot of guys who were clearly on top in that territory and maybe would not necessarily have been on top other 
places. Obviously, with Austin, you know, the interesting thing is, is that he was on top pretty much wherever he went. So I'm curious when it comes to the statting of this set, can you talk about how you're envisioning the stats or have envisioned, uh, depending on how far you are in the process, these comparing with other guys, um, especially like big, you know, big names like a Harley race or, you know, Nick Bockwinkle, you know, Kurt Angle, those cards, um, and, and how that might compare for say like the headline names in this set and how they might match up, um, compared to, you know, those, those world heavyweight champions, uh, as opposed to just the, you know, guys who were, who were champions in Memphis. I'll go first, I guess. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, I was waiting for somebody to call on us. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I don't no, stand no, up no, ceremony no. here. <laughs> yeah, this is um, an uncharted territory, you know, Sam. You got to yeah. you know, kind of lead them a little bit. We try to have more decorum here. Um, I don't I mean, I'd say we're going to try to balance the cards so that they they are reflective of their abilities in Memphis. And obviously, like you mentioned, somebody like Austin Idol is going to have be successful because he did go to other places, you know, like George championship wrestling in, in Florida and other, other territories and continental. Um, whereas maybe some of the guys who are more homegrown Memphis guys and depending on what era of the territory we're looking at might be, you know, a little weaker, um, than some, it's always kind of a balancing act when you have guys who are really strong in one territory, but maybe didn't tour as much nationally, you know, um, you know, even, even a, a Jerry Lawler card would be really hard to make because, right. you know, although he did have, you know, national runs later in the WWF and he was kind of a touring attraction in the, you know, in the early eight, late, early eighties, you know, going to Florida and Southwest and some of those places, um, he was obviously, a, a gigantic fish in a small, <laughs> but he was also competitive with all the guys there too. So you'd have to balance that out too. So we didn't just go in and crush every territorial guy you've been faced. Yeah. Um, the uh, here's an interesting question that, that malice lover uh, Barry has asked. Uh, what are the chances of getting hometown stats? So if they're wrestling in Memphis, for instance, they'd have better stats, um, that sort of thing. And would that be something I'll add on to that question? Would that be something that there's any interest in, you know, retroactively maybe setting up a rule that says like, if you, you know, if this guy's on top of the territory, you know, sub one pin or whatever, that sort of thing. Sam, I'll take that one. If, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I, and I've kind of mentioned this on the board before. I, I've done a, a rule like that in my own Fed. You know, I run a Memphis territory, and um, you know, I, I could see that being something we put in the ringside companion. You know, for any place, you know, if you, if you do several territories or certain towns, you know, you could say that, hey, so and so in this town is going to get these bumps and stats. I, I I personally wouldn't want to do it on everybody's card. You know, do the bold stats. Sure. Um, especially if it's, uh, you know, a, a full set like this. Um, but I could see we, if, if promoters are interested, I could dig out those rules. I haven't used them in a while, honestly. Uh, but we could, we could throw that as a little chart in the, in the ringside companion. So if, if people would like that, that's, I think that would be a good fit to put it there. 
Uh, I think that that would be fantastic. I, I think okay. people would love to have something like sure. that, quite frankly. Sure. Uh, you know, Corey, I'll, I'll ask a quick follow-up to that, too. Uh, how is the work going on the Ringside Companion? And, uh, you know, can we expect to see maybe some new things, maybe some different things, uh, or any possible changes to already established matches or rules? Mike, am I allowed to say things? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, you're on a, you're on a short leash, Corey. Okay, okay. I'll just say, um, you know, uh, uh, and we've kind of had a lot of it done for a while. Um, it just been looking for the right time to release it, um, but it's also given us time to make some tweaks and add in some things we hadn't thought about before, and obviously thrown in the hometown rule advantage. Um, we could throw something like that in last minute. Um, and as far as like existing matches, I can think of one that we kind of revisited a little bit and um, it was just kind of a way that I had played it in the past prior to it even being an official match. And I kind of made the suggestion to Mike and Todd that, Hey, could we, could we do this version of it? So um, I can think of one for sure. And I might be missing some, but uh, yeah, there'll be definitely be some new things. There'll be a couple of new matches that have never been been done. And um, I think it'll be worth the wait and I, I hope promoters enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I think that, yeah, the consensus yeah, is Sam. people are hungry for it. Yes, Chad. absolutely, Chad. Mike, am I allowed to show the demo that I'm holding right here in my hands? Uh, is it? Hold on. Where did I put it? I mean, I got mine right yeah, here. Go ahead, go ahead. I got mine somewhere. Go ahead and show them. So, so Mike made these and shared them with us in July when he came out for the Trago Staz. So it's hard to see. And obviously, wow. we're probably but it's going to be spiral bound. Very nice. I asked if we could put some tabs in there, like, you know, a church lady cookbook with, you know, your bread and your made <laughs> That That's still for deliberation, but it's going to be super cool. Um, and maybe we'll, maybe next summer for the auction, we'll throw one of the prototypes on there. Um, but that's kind of what it will look like. Yes. That's nobody- very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really cool, uh, way to way to put it together and, and i'll um, say yeah, we, we, sam i'll say sorry mike but i'll say no, that no, I've, I've actually used it a few times now since mike gave it to us and um it's just been really really nice way to play so it's really cool and um look forward to seeing the final thing yeah I, and obviously i mean there are a lot of uh, a lot of people that have been wanting this for for a while and uh you know with the lack of availability of other ones uh this will certainly become you know, some folks' first ringside companion, which I think is really cool. And, you know, like I said, it, it definitely looks wonderful and it'll be a lot of fun to, to, to play with. Um, here's a question. I'll throw this over to, to Mike uh, just because it's, it's the type of question that he can decide to answer or not. Uh, but we did have a question about the number of cards in the upcoming set. Can you tell us how many will be in this set come December? Uh, between six and twenty-four, is that a is that specific enough? Um, it's a range of numbers. <laughs> good answer. Uh, I would say, um, you know, it, it, we haven't finalized yet, and, and um, but I would say we're probably leaning towards twelve. Um, it, nice. it may be ten, but but twelve is a possibility. Excellent. And then we're going to do five promoter prime cards, right? No. <laughs> no. I, no, couldn't, that, that's, I couldn't resist. No, no, no. That's uh, Todd is not in charge of the number of promoter prime cards this quarter. Uh, so no, we will not be doing five. 
here's a question I want to throw over to Stu. Uh, Stu, uh, you know, I we've talked about this before, just the two of us, but I always love reading the bios that you put together, um, especially, you know, I thought the vintage set was just such a wonderful job because it's, you know, clearly there's more material now on those guys than there ever has been before, but still compared to what we have for, you know, modern day uh, wrestlers, it's not a lot. So uh, I'm curious when preparing for the Memphis set, because that footage is not necessarily um, as accessible, uh, maybe as, you know, some of the footage that we might have for the Northeast or, you know, the AWA or whatever. Um, what's your research been like for putting together these bios? Well, I, I've actually read a fair amount on Memphis. Uh, Mark James's books certainly have been a great resource on that. And I, I got very interested in Memphis in general. I just went on a tear of Memphis, all things Memphis listening to Jerry Jarrett's podcast, listening to, um, I'm going to butcher it. I can't remember his name. Scott. Um, Scott Bowden. That's it. That's it. His podcast is, is, is still uh, a wonderful resource, uh, even though Scott met an untimely demise. Yeah. But I just, I really got fascinated with Memphis and, and next to the territory in which I, in, that I grew up with, with Mid-Atlantic, it's right there for me. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. I've done a lot of reading on my own, not necessarily for every card that is going to come out, but uh, I feel like I've become at least decently familiar with that territory and I'm having a lot of fun writing these, writing these biographies. It's the challenge is trying to get it all in two or three paragraphs. It's just very difficult to do that because there are some extremely rich, colorful characters that are going to come with this Memphis set and, they're going to be a whole lot of fun and the game itself has become a wonderful tool to learn more about them. So I'm looking forward to finishing the process. You mentioned Mark James books. Uh, and for those that might not necessarily be as familiar, can you talk just a little bit about, uh, you know, his line of books and if there's been anyone in particular that's helped you more than others? I think um, he's done, Mark James has done Memphis kind of soup to nuts. He's put out yearbooks in which he traces an entire year's worth of uh, cards and the whole booking philosophy and the whole arc of that particular year. He's also done just pure record books in terms of, um, they're not match dumps, but match listings and, and outcomes that are that have been centered around Memphis. He's done other territories too, but Mark James has a real passion for the Memphis territory. My favorite book um, is either he did Memphis 1977, which gets into the real rise of Lawler. And then uh, 1982, I think, would be the one that follows close behind. And then he also did Monday Night Matchups, in which he goes through the 100 greatest cards in Memphis history. That is a blast. And I would recommend anybody who loves wrestling history. These books are so worth it. And they're a lot of fun. And they're keepers. I mean, they're going to stay on your shelves uh, for a long time. If you have any history, any interest in wrestling history in general and Memphis in specific, specific, these are fantastic books to own. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I am glad you mentioned the 77 and and 82 books in particular. The 78 book is another one of my favorites. I think those three are just so unique 
compared to a lot of other books that are out there that, you know, might cater more to match results because he really does dig into, you know, the storylines, what was happening, the guys who are coming in and coming out, and even some of the behind the scenes stuff, especially in the 77 book, because it details the Jarrett and Gula split and, and, you know, kind of everything that went into uh, Jarrett getting the TV and getting, you know, getting Lawler and getting the other wrestlers and, and starting everything. It was, it, it's a really, really good book. Um, I'll shoot over to Tim. Uh, Tim, when I asked earlier and Chad had that answer about, uh, you know, kind of the statting of the guys, I think you and I, um, had had that brief conversation about like Bruno, for instance, and about how, you know, he might be seen in one locations compared to others. So, uh, not to retread or go back, but I'm curious about your take, uh, on, you know, how a wrestler from Memphis would be statted, maybe compared to talent that, might have been in a uh, a Fed that had a little bit more exposure or a promotion that had more exposure uh, nationally than Memphis. Well, I think you've got to look at it, you know, from a promotion standpoint. I mean, we're not doing like a 1983 Memphis set, so you can't really stat guys for a particular year or time. You just kind of have to look at what their overall contribution was and you know, just make a judgment call on it. It's it's not an exact science by by far. And, you know, there are guys that, that went there and as Austin Idol mentioned, you know, never really did much. But then there were guys that went there and were great, but weren't that great anywhere else. So you, you kind of have to just take an overall approach to it, I think, if they're going to fit in with the rest of the cards, because it's not like we're doing a you know, 24 card set, because uh, Mike wouldn't let us, um, just just kind of showcasing Memphis and, and statting guys as they were, because you're out, you're never going to make everybody happy, because there's going to be people there that, that you stat, and they're going to say, well, you know, if I'm doing a Memphis bed, they should be better. Well, that might be where that hometown rule maybe applies. Um, but But generally, we try to look at more career stats so that they'll fit in with the rest of the cards you've got and, and won't really skew the results one way or another. Yeah. Sure. Real quick to, to just jump in on that, Sam, you know, while yeah, the theme please. of this is guys with ties to Memphis, this isn't, as Tim said, a Memphis set, like from a specific year or a specific time. So, and not every one of these guys is necessarily going to have been at their peak at the same time. So we may have some people who have a tie to Memphis, Tennessee, who, didn't wrestle at the same time Austin Idol did potentially. So to, to have them all be, you know, in one, to have them be statted like they would be at their peak in 1983, wouldn't be fair to all the other legends cards we do. So I, I think that, you know, while, you know, some people may not feel that this is what he was like in Memphis, I think relative to the other people who are in this set, they're going to be statted accordingly but they're not necessarily going to be their peak in that one year at that one moment in time. Sure. No, I, I completely understand. And I think that is a great answer because, you know, it, it, it's always interesting to think about the talent that we have and, and trying to capture, you know, a, a good, um, approximation of, of their career um while also maybe charting you know a certain high point uh it's funny one of the names that pops to my mind is harley race uh just because earlier on in the tournament you know watching his match and just thinking about the fact that the card is just so stacked and you think about harley race and his career and there were definitely times you know early in his career when he's a tag team wrestler you know later in his career when he's the king harley race where that card doesn't necessarily capture that version which leads me i guess to the next question 
when we talk about kind of alternate personas and we talk about uh, uh, getting cards, you know, for certain individuals twice, we've seen on the Indies side, especially with like the Ring of Honor sets, for instance, where we'll get a look at a, the trajectory of someone's career instead of trying to capture like the essence of them in one card, which is something the Legends team is so good at. So I'm curious, I'll throw this over to Chad. Has there ever been any thought given or any interest, not that this would necessarily happen, into doing, you know, a couple of different versions of a guy to chart their entire career? And I know we have a couple of instances where, you know, there might be two cards of somebody, but, you know, really charting the course of someone's career through the cards. Um, or at this point, is it just more about the more guys we can get in the game, the better, no need to rehash something. Um, well, personally, I would I would like that, especially with a, a guy like Kirk Henning. He's the guy I look to the most where you can see a, a young progression of him in like the AWA, WWF, and Pacific Northwest. And then he kind of comes into his own um, in the AWA, you know, because the one we have is really more reflective of his years in WWF and WCW. Um, and maybe we need to put up a poll because I get mixed reactions on things like that. It seems <laughs> Some people want, I want all the cards I can. And some people are like, well, I like having the alternates. So, I mean, it's really up to the promoters. Um, obviously, since we didn't start with a card like that for Kurt Henning, the die is kind of cast, but, you know, people are always kind of working. Um, you know, people will start up new promotions. I don't, I don't know how many people actually have linear feds that they've been running aside from me, <laughs> you know, Corey and Tim and, and Stu um from from the outset of legends um so if people are interested in that maybe we can do that i don't think you know we want to have a balance and i think that's worked really well with our last pro prime where you know we did a new to color we did a, a black and white redo and then we did a, a revision of an existing persona um so if people are interested in that maybe we keep doing that to get that balance so that everybody's happy Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about because when you look at it from a practical aspect, there is the question of would promoters use this card since they already have the other card and, you know, Kurt Henning being the perfect example. But I do think that there's that also that notion of just the, you know, the collectible aspect, the, you know, charting the history aspect, you know, just saying like, how cool would it be to have those, those three Kurt Henning cards, something like that. So I, I think it's interesting to at least, put out there, you know, and potentially, you know, look into, um, here's a question for the legends gang from Jason. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw this, uh, back over to Corey. Have there been any attempts to sign Japanese legends posthumously or otherwise, such as Suruta, Muta, etc.? And on a scale of one to 10, how difficult is it to do that? Well, I know Chad reached out to a relative of one Japanese star sometime in the last year through Twitter, correct, Chad? it through multiple social media platforms okay okay <laughs> um and i don't you know chad can speak more as far as if he ever got a definite response on that i've got um, no response no response okay so and i don't know if any anybody else has really reached out to anybody specifically but um you know i i would just say you know i mean it's kind of like any any legend doesn't matter where they're from you know it just kind of depends on what they're willing to do or you know what the, what they're willing to allow um whether it's the legend or the family um I, I don't think as far as the difficulty it has anything to do with being in a different country i think it's just are they willing to allow 
allow us to do a card for this this wrestler. So yeah, I don't think the country has much to do with it personally, but I could be wrong. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I've had a couple of conversations with people that, that have contacts in, in Japan and it, it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you, you've got to make that first contact and see if they're open to it before anything, you know, it's, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the barrier as far as, you know, language country, et cetera, has less to do with it than, than just being able to, you know, get the handshake in. Um, trying to see if we've got any other questions that I missed over here in the chat. Cause it's obviously, uh, Todd, how much time do we have left? Are we are we are we at the top of the hour, or do we have a half hour oh, on top? Of we that? can go a little a little bit longer. Uh, if there's any, there anything, otherwise we can move on to the next subject. If there's nothing else to talk about, but I mean, I think there's always plenty to talk I think about. There's plenty to talk screws, about. So. Yeah, there. <laughs> uh, so you know, let's talk a little bit about when we, we did. It's kind of marries into what we were just discussing with the different personas and everything. And, uh, I'll go to you with, uh, Tim on this one. Um, first of all, did you, did you ever see, uh, you know, being a Buffalo man and in, in, in the, in the area, did you ever see Iron Mike McCord in the ring live in person? I did not. Um, unfortunately when he was in WWF, um, you know, it was a, it was a little early for me and I, I, wondered, I never yeah. really, I never really wound up going to the matches until I was in high school because we lost, uh, they didn't do live arena shows in Rochester, uh, for about five years and came back, I believe in 1980, uh, was the first time they were back. So, um, I may have seen him on TV when I was a kid, but, uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Yeah. So that goes right to my next question, which, you know, obviously we were just talking about having that progression. We kind of get that in a way with Austin Idol because we're getting the, the Iron Mike McCord card and then the Austin Idol card. Um, clearly very different in a lot of ways. Um, I'm curious what the research is like for putting those two cards together and uh, how different those cards might be. Um, and knowing that Iron Mike McCord spent some time on top ish, you know, in, in WWF. And then of course his run in Memphis, um, just, just how, what goes into kind of crafting those two different cards? Well, you have to kind of look, I mean, McCord really, you know, had a, had a run in WWF. There wasn't a great run, you know, he wasn't like considered really, uh, I don't think a, a big threat at the, you know, to the title, but even though he had Albano in there, then he had a good run too in Florida, uh, when, when he was down there in that area. So, you know, even though he's probably getting stretched out by, by Briscoe and Roop, um, but, but you've got to kind of look at, you know, where they were at, where they were positioned. Um, you know, it's like saying, well, you know, Buddy Rose had a, had a great match with, with Bob Backlund. Well, yeah, but, but, you know, he was one and done in the garden, which is <laughs> kind of a rarity, right? Um, so I, I mean, it, it's, it's, again, it's kind of just like digging in and kind of seeing, okay, well, what did they actually do and kind of taking it through the, you know, like, like you're talking about the progression. I think, it, I think it's a great idea, uh, to have, I mean, you look at somebody not signed, like, like say a Terry Funk, um, and you could, mm -hmm. you could come up with all different kinds of cards for him. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of guys, not, I'm not even talking personas at this point. I'm just talking about just progression of career from younger to older and, and just differences that you'll see. I, I think it's great, but the problem you run into is it's kind of a one trick pony, right? Is that if you get somebody and, and do a three card set, it's like, Oh, I freaking hate that guy. 
so you so you, <laughs> you know you're not you're not going to get everybody buying in unless they just want to collect everything that's come comes out um but but you're going to lose something there if it's somebody that that will take a look at the card and say now nah, you know i re- don't really have a, a need for a young kurt hennig the only one i ever saw was mr perfect and the card that i've got is great um sure. whether he has the b turnbuckle rating or the c turnbuckle rating it's up to you right um but uh, uh, just to, <laughs> I, I know that's come up in in uh, recent uh, recent board discussions. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those if you don't have a need for the card and you look at it, you're like, man, you know, I can pass on this one. Um, yeah. And if you don't mind passing, I, it, you know, if the it, if the powers that be don't mind people taking a pass on some of these, then I think it's fine. I think it. But again, it's going to be just. It, it, it's kind of one of those topics where I'm not quite sure how well it works in the grand scheme of things from the marketing side. Of course. Right. No, I, I think that you, like with the trooper and the Patriot, if you, if you had released the trooper card first, people would have just been like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, but I really wanted the Patriot, you know, yeah. whereas you get the Patriot and then you can roll out the trooper and you know, it's, it's fine. Um, so here's a question uh, that, that might be best suited for Mike. Uh, there was a question um, about the Portland set, the the four pack. Um, are there plans uh, in the future to do kind of a second four pack? Um, I'm not quite sure if this refers specifically to like Portland stars or, or in general, obviously there is a four pack generally every year. So I'm assuming that it has to do with uh, another four pack of Portland based wrestlers. Um, I would say if, if, if we're talking about Portland specifically, the answer is no, not right now. I don't have a, we don't have something on the books for, for Portland. I think um, on the other hand, that doesn't mean we won't. Um, sure. I think that, you know, we, we, we always try and, and I know there's this thought that, you know, we hold on to names for years and years and years and like stash them away until we're ready to take them out. I mean, a lot of the decisions we make are based on who we can sign. Um, so we may have a group of guys that we say we want to redo from the black and white era that we're, you know, that we're allowed to, but we also want to do some new cards because we know that, you know, there's a demand for those as well. So we say, okay, we got, um, a, you know, a great example was the set we did with uh, Vader. Um, you know, we got that signing and that determined the fee, the, the theme right away because we had enough guys signed that that was going to be uh, reasonable. But once, once we got Vader, it was, it was an easy decision. Um, so I think that we'll continue to do that. If we see um, we have a name we sign that, that fits into a full set, we'll do that. If it's a name that, that fits into a four pack better, then we'll do that too. Um, you know, we're trying to put out as much um, content as we can for fans without uh, oversaturating it. But I mean, I think that the current um, release cycles you're seeing, I think we'll probably uh, keep up on that volume or, or, you know, one way or another, very similar to that over the next, uh, uh, year. I don't think there's any, we're not looking to slow that down at this point. Sure. Kind of building off of that a little bit, uh, you know, with a name like Vader and getting that signed and be like, yes, we're definitely putting him in there. Or, uh, you know, like with Kurt Angle or Bob Ackland, you know, seeing the quick turnaround in the time that they were signed and then, and then produced, um, are there any names currently that are like, big, big, big names that you would sit on or have sat on for a little while and then try to find the right spot for, or in general, does getting the big name usually dictate, you know, the, if there's going to be a theme or if we get a big name, we want to get that out as soon as possible. 
I'd say the latter. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to say, I mean, obviously that some of that's in the eyes of the beholder, right? What might be a big name to me might not be as big a name to somebody else, depending on what they grew up watching, uh, which sure. is a big deal to them. So I want to be careful about that. Um, but I would say that typically we, we try and, and it's not even so much big names. If we sign someone, we want to do cards for them. And we just try and find the best way to, to sequence that. Um, you know, sometimes I, I'm not saying we, we do it like, okay, the next set is immediately decided upon by somebody we signed. Uh, we generally have a plan and we'll try and sign more guys that fit around that set. Um, so that's why sometimes you'll see we have two names for new names for one set, but then another one will have four. It's because we were successful in signing more people for that theme. Uh, but, but there's no, we're not trying to like, we don't intentionally hold on to somebody for five years. Like, cause okay, we've got this stashed away. You know, that, that's not what we do. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, put it over to Chad real quick um, because I, I feel like he might be able to, to give a, a clear picture of this answer. Um, and Michael Brada, Chicago native, uh, asks, um, with the sets like the Tragos and Thez set and the CAC sets, um, do you, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, but do you work directly with the organization as a way to get to the talent or is it still usually an individual effort to communicate with a wrestler and, and, and sign the release form that way, as opposed to, you know, I know like working with some of the promotions in the past on the indie side, that's kind of granted, you know, the opportunity to say, oh yeah, you can use any of the wrestlers, you know, in our promotion or whatnot. Um, is it still kind of that individual effort to sign guys on their own or does the organization give you the opportunity to, to kind of have a roster of guys that you can pull from? Um, the answer is it depends. Um, with Tragos Thez, um, I mean, Jerry Briscoe has helped me make connections and he's right. helped make some connections. Um, but those are us making the sign. The, the museum itself is not involved in any way. Um, with the Cowflower Alley, Tom did the signings in contact with the first one and worked with um, Morgan Dollar, who was the executive vice president at the time. Um, so he did some of the signings like Ron Hutchison, like Morgan Dollar, like Mike Leno. But then with some of the names in the second set, um, he helped us. Well, like Rock Riddle, I signed Rock Riddle. Um, Bill White, I think we signed Bill White, didn't we, Tim? Yeah, I think we. I, I think we did. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Trish Stratus, CAC made a connection for Tom for that one. Um, you know, Larry Denning, we'd already signed. You know, so it's it's kind of a mixed bag depending on who the person is. Um, I would say out of both organizations, we've had more help from CAC. Um, and it's not because Dan Gable Museum doesn't want to. It's just that they don't. Not to blow smoke, but the most of the connections that are made for Dan Gable Museum through the pro side are through Jerry Briscoe or Troy Peterson. And to a lesser extent, I'm helping them with that. So mm -hmm. that the the museum itself, you know, they're they're both from an amateur wrestling back, background, Coach Jim and Becca. So um, they're, they don't have those connections. Sure. 
Sure. Um, any plans for any future CAC sets, or do you think that maybe now, just with the Tragos and Fez sets and the other Legend sets, it's kind of you know the need for it is not necessarily where it was when those sets were released. I'll take that. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I don't think the need. I don't think I don't want to say the need's not there. Um, sure. But, um, yeah, Mike, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was going to say exactly that. I think it's just that it's turned out that right now, you know, based on our relationship with, uh, you know, Trago's Thez, you know, and Chad's involvement with them, it's it's been much easier for us to get some signings through it. Uh, I think that. Uh, um, Chad, you know, is humble about it, but he's done a tremendous job, um, making connections and, and Jerry Briscoe has been a huge supporter of the game. And, and honestly, he's helped us sign some people that i I never thought we'd get, I mean, it, just truthfully about it, whether it was through any organization, I just never thought we'd have a chance at. So I, I'm really grateful for Jerry's support of the game. I'm glad we can support the hall in turn. I think it's a great relationship that way. Um, and, but, uh, but I think that if the opportunity presented itself to do another CAC set, um, we would absolutely do it. I have no, there's no issue with CAC, uh, sets. It's just that it's, it's turned out that this has been, uh, for right now, uh, is, it makes more sense for, for both, all parties. Uh, Mike, here's a question to follow up on that with the relationships that have been formed with, with some of these organizations and obviously the work, like you said, you mentioned the work that Chad has done. Um, are there opportunities that you think exist both for Phil Singer games and, you know, the future, of uh, potential signings, um, to maybe more closely find ways to partner and work with, um, some of these organizations and, you know, enter into, you know, potentially, you know, some sort of maybe even formal partnership as opposed to kind of the informal, Hey, we're doing a set. We're going to put this on the background. We're going to give you a check for, you know, a donation for money that we raise or something like that, you know, a way to, to, you know, just from a business side to work with some of these places, um, you know, not only for the benefit of the game, but also to kind of that benefit the, the mission of, preserving the history of wrestling you know you, you and i had a conversation kind of ex parte about you know a wrestler who said why would you want to have me in the game and your response being like we want everybody in the game um because that's part of what we're trying to do is preserve that yeah i mean it's look we we want to do that as much as possible that's been something tom's stressed from the beginning uh, since as long as i've been working with the game that, that he wanted things that were good um, for the business, um, you know, and, you know, if you think about our whole indie line, I mean, our whole indie product line, we're not necessarily picking the most famous guys, although we love to have them. Um, but it's <laughs> about, um, it, it is about giving exposure to some of these young up and coming talents. It's good for them. And it's good for Phil Singer games. Cause occasionally we, you know, we wind up with a Darby Allen in, in, in a game set that to try and get Darby Allen now would be a little difficult. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's good for us. I think we try and work with any organization, whether it's a, a indie fed, whether it's, uh, Trago's Thez, whether it's cauliflower alley club and whatever arrangement makes the most sense, uh, whether it's a, a, an official, you know, partnership, or if it's just a, Hey, how can we help each other out? I think that's one of the beauties of what we, you know, what, Phil Singer Games has done is we've partnered with these organizations formally or informally to try and make the things better for the business. I mean, I've had, I can't tell you, I've had multiple 
legends who've signed and they've looked at it and they said, well, no, yeah, we've heard of you guys, or I understand what you're doing. And yeah, if it's good for the business I'm in. And so that's what we always try and do is do, we want to do right by the wrestling business in general. Cause that's ultimately what this, this is a tribute to the history of wrestling, whether it's past, present, or in the case of champions, the future, um, we, we do want to do right. And so anything we can do, we're, we're open to Sam. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love that. Um, so obviously we want to get over to the legends team, but uh, Stu, I don't want you to get the short end of the stick here. I wanted to ask you another quick question. Um, and that is who's going to win the world series. Uh, they're lost, notwithstanding last night, Dodgers. <laughs> Brave. Uh, uh, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm pained. I'm pained by the whole situation. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was ready to ride the Giants all the way in. Um, guys, it does sting if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not necessarily. It's just that you know, clearly the Cubs were going nowhere this year, so I decided <laughs> I'd throw it with the Giants because I just thought they had the best team in baseball. Um, so that all said, uh, Stu- one, one one more thing, uh, just to to cut you off, Sam. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no I worries. didn't get a chance to say this earlier, but I wanted to thank Travis uh, Heckle, who I believe is was on earlier. I don't know if he's still on, but. Um, he made the Austin Idol connection for us, uh, and you know we wouldn't have had him here today. We wouldn't have uh, Austin in the game if it wasn't for Travis's effort. So I just wanted to give him a, a quick shout out and a thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Still on. I'm just listening. Great. I appreciate it, Mike. You know what? Do whatever I can to help the game. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. True example of it takes a village. Yeah, uh, you know the, the the help that that everyone gives and 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 uh, you know Travis, the work that you've done and you know continue to do is is so appreciated. Uh, and so I echo that. Thank you very very much. And I also want to reiterate for anyone who hasn't listened, I had so much fun talking with Travis about the Midnight Express. So if you've not listened to that episode of Roll Up, check it out because it was a blast. And I can't wait to have him on again to talk about more stuff. Um, but. That said, Corey, Chad, Tim, Stu, Mike, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I love talking to you guys. I love listening to Uncharted Territory every week, um, even if sometimes I don't get to listen until Monday or Tuesday, uh, uh, which, which is the case right now. I've not listened to the latest episode, but it's always such a pleasure to hear your guys' voices in my earbuds. And uh, I, I just uh, I am so grateful for all the work that you do, for the commitment, uh, for the time, uh, for the passion for sharing that with, with all of us. So thank you so much for, for taking the time today to answer some questions. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. We're taping our special one year anniversary spectacular this week. So what I can say about that is everyone on this discussion right now will either be a guest or they won't. So you should (laughs) see. Just wait and see. You have to buy your ticket to find out. Uh, right yeah, on. Well, well, one year ago, uh, one year ago, Uncharted Territories was announced on this uh, virtual convention, and yep. really cool to see you know, the one year anniversary here. Very yep. kudos, guys. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, all right. On that note, I think we're going to pivot over. We're going to talk uh, some indies. Um, Todd, do you want to do you want to kind of kick us off here? Um, and I, I, I've forgotten, so 
please, my apologies. There's a baby on the way and my time and energy is only able to carry so much. But are we showing, do we have anything to show? We, we uh, do have, we do have some art there. So, you know, you know, recently we just, you know, we, we have both Ty and Zeke here on the line. So, you know, we just released the, the, uh, the deathmatch set. Uh, that Ty was heavily, I'm sorry, that Zeke was very heavily involved with. And then we did mention back at uh, Galacticon that we have a new uh, best of the, or women of the Indies set coming on with an international theme uh, coming this year. So that that's what's going on in the Indies world, but please take it away. Awesome. Yes, I am so looking forward to talking about both of those. Zeke, Ty, thank you. Welcome. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Zeke. Uh, now that the Deathmatch set is out there, um, what are your thoughts uh, on, on kind of having completed it and, and having you know people play out their Deathmatch tournaments? Obviously, there was the tournament today. Um, are you happy with it? Is there, is there anything you would have done differently? Is there anything that you, that you uh, are already thinking ahead for maybe next time oh well uh well, first of all congratulations uh, to game time for uh winning that tournament today with nick gage i thought that was pretty cool um i overall i thought the death match set came out pretty well i it was um it was a more of a challenging set than most sets i've worked on in the past just because if you watch a death match then wrestling it sometimes will take a backseat to in terms of trying to get moves down for the cards because it is a lot of times, so weapons oriented, which was why the deathmatch charts play such a big role in the in the, in the deathmatch themselves. So it took a little bit longer to work on these guys than, than in the past, but uh, it was a lot of fun though, and um, uh, it was a little bit harder. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed working on the set. I, I thought overall it came out well. I've been using them in my uh, my uh, Fed, my new BCW Fed a lot, and um, overall, yeah, I thought the I thought I thought it came out well. Yeah, I would agree. I, I love the balance that you were able to strike between you know, some of the guys are just good wrestlers who also do deathmatch, uh, the deathmatch style. And, and then some of the guys obviously are just more pure deathmatch wrestlers. So, uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. And I, you know, I was lucky enough to kind of have a, a peek at them before, uh, the, they, they got released. And, and I thought right away that there was just some really, really cool stuff. Um, talk about the deathmatch charts that you put together. And, uh, I'll ask a specific question about the, um, choice to automatically send over to the deathmatch chart with like the turnbuckle rolls and that sort of stuff. Cause I know some people, myself included have kind of done the optional thing where it's like, I'm not necessarily gonna do that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll roll a die and do an even or odd sort of thing. Um, but your decision was to say, no, if you roll on that chart, you go automatically to one of these deathmatch charts. So I, I'd love to hear your thought process behind that. Well, just, just because, uh, just what deathmatches are, I mean, the deathmatch designs a very greatly, but a lot of times, Throwing some of the turnbuckles not even an option because it'll be <laughs> bring it to the turnbuckle as a pane of glass in your way or a, or some type of deathmatch board or um, a light tube structure so it doesn't when it doesn't even come into play or uh, sometimes there's not even ropes to throw someone into if they're not adorned with light tubes or something. Uh, there's some venues like No Peace Underground that didn't have a ring, um, right? So, um, but yes, that's what kind of I wanted the uh, charts themselves to uh, just because just because uh, e even with the charts playing such a heavy role in wrestling, I, um, instead of the moves themselves, which took the cards a little bit longer to work on, uh, there's still going to be actually more wrestling um, if you do use the charts fully than you would in a normal death match itself. Uh, but yeah, a lot of all that stuff just 
I mean, doesn't doesn't not play very often at all. I mean, Orrin Vite and uh, Alex Cologne, for example, are the only two guys I think I even saw come off the top rope once during these death matches I watched, for example. And, um, so just just because I thought the uh, the chart situations just don't play out as often in the death matches, so I, uh, yeah, I had them instead be the way to get to the the different charts, the weapons, the objects, uh, and so forth. Um, and then also the, the way the cards were designed. Uh, with the, most of, if you look them over, uh, like the charts themselves, there's a lot more on level two than on level one. Normally, I try to space it out a little bit, but this was done a little more intentionally to put on level two, so they would come up a little bit more often. Um, that and the choice charts themselves. Nice. I really, I, I love that. Thank you for answering that. That's that. That makes total sense. Um, was there anyone in the set that you were maybe not quite as familiar with compared to some of the other guys? I mean, obviously I'm sure that you had a, a hand in signing most, uh, if not, you know, all, all of the guys in the set. So was there anyone that you weren't quite uh, as familiar with? Um, I guess justice pain, just because I started watching any wrestling after he, he was gone actually. So yeah. I had, I had to go back and watch a lot of his stuff. Um, so I probably, of the guys I was, yeah, probably Justice Payne was probably the guy I was least familiar with. That, uh, that's actually really interesting because I'm curious too uh, what your thoughts are comparing, you know, basically about 20 years ago um, and and the CZW, you know, sort of deathmatch style because not everything Justice Payne did was deathmatch per se compared to what we're seeing in the present in say like GCW and that sort of stuff and how things have grown and how things have changed and if that had any impact on the way that you might have put together a card like justice pain compared to say, you know, his brother, Nick Gage. Um, not, I, not really. most, most of the death matches I looked at for, uh, for, for the, for the charts and so forth were, were really current death matches. So I mostly was looking at modern stuff. For that. Um, uh, yeah, Nick, uh, justice pain. He did a lot of, he did, he did a lot of, uh, basically ultraviolet matches, which is just a different name for a death match, but, um, but, uh, no, mostly, most of the, most of the stuff I looked at for the death mass situations were, was modern day stuff. If, if that's the question, if, if I answered your question correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that, that's great. Um, here's, I'm going to shoot a question over to Todd real quick. Um, you know, Todd, when putting this set together overall, uh, I know one of the things that, that you had spoken about mm -hmm. earlier was the you didn't necessarily want it to just be GCW guys, for instance, that, that you wanted to try to, you know, capture the sort of the breadth of deathmatch wrestling in the United States. Um, were there any hurdles or barriers to accomplishing that uh, and, and putting together, <coughs> excuse me, the roster that, that we have? Um, I, you know, overall, I mean, I, I mean, Zeke had signed so many great guys. There was, I think, uh, you know, John Wayne Murdoch was somebody we reached out to afterwards because, you know, we kind of wanted someone from the Midwest, you know, see, I mean, we had our invite, but, you know, John Wayne was really kind of big in that IWA Mid-South area that we really wanted some representation from there. I thought he would be, you know, the perfect guy uh, to have for that. Uh, so yeah, that was one person we reached out to, but no, he was, he was great. He's like, no, this is awesome. I'd love to be part of it. So yeah, that was one that we kind of touched into. Um, yeah, there was a couple other people we considered. There was one other person we were looking at for prime that never got back to us. We tried to, you know, to get other ways. Uh, it's possible the person might be in prime, uh, in the future, but, uh, yeah, I think overall, I think we, you know, we, uh, yeah, the big thing was making sure, you know, we had 
Nick Gage is part of it. And, and kind of knowing what we were doing, we, you know, we wanted to ask Nick about Justice Payne. We, you know, we thought, you know, having some, you know, legends of you know, the death match, having, you know, especially the, the relationship to Nick there. And then also um, the Madman Pondo card was one that, you know, I was considering anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we offered that up to, to James, uh, uh, James Swanton. And he, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, got to name one of the indie cards after uh, doing well in the Indies tournament at the Galacticon. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can think about a couple of guys, but man, I'm, I'm like, we haven't signed. He's like, we should get him in. So yeah, that was, that was great. And actually randomly, r- randomly this one, you know, you know, not kayfabe, like actual reality. He, he, you know, James did draw Man Man Pondo today, which I thought was very appropriate. Uh, didn't nice. make it too far, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, the Necro Butcher took him out, which I thought was again a good a good matchup there. But uh, yeah, overall, I think it, was, it came together pretty easily once we knew what we wanted to do. You know, the big the biggest hurdle was making sure we got Nick Gage signed because you know we had made contact with him and we were hoping <laughs> maybe we would do an announcement at Galacticon, and then we kind of like lost touch. And then he showed up on AEW Dynamite all of a sudden. We're like, oh, is this not going to happen? But luckily things uh, all worked out there. So, uh, yeah, I think we we will uh, – yeah, we we're very glad to have Nick Gage in there. And you might see some more surprises coming up with uh, <laughs> that whole deal with Nick Gage. So I'll leave it at that for right now. I don't have anything officially to announce right now, but uh, you, you just just keep an eye out. Here's a two-part question, uh, and 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 Zeke, uh, I, I want you to have a chance at this too, but I'm going to ask Todd first. Um, you, you know, speaking of hurdles, were there any hurdles in, in mounting the decision to do a set full of guys who are you know who are specifically deathmatch wrestlers? Was there any question? Was there any thought of like, you know, oh, is this is this this kind of set that we want to do? Do we want to have maybe a mix? Do we want to slot these guys in someplace else? You know, do we want to have a set that is purely deathmatch? Because it's not everyone's cup of tea, you know, and we know that. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly heard, you know, people, even like some of the guys over at Uncharted Territory, you're talking about like, hey, it's not my cup of tea, but I'm really interested to see what it's like. And I think that one of the cool things that we've seen is there's definitely an appreciation for the set, even if you're not a fan of that style of wrestling. People are still excited to have this this set. So I am curious as to the thought process just behind the production of it. Well, I think, you know, probably one of the bit, another hurdle there with the, the death match was getting, you know, Tom to buy into it. You know, he's not necessarily <laughs> a death match guy himself. Right. You know, I think, you know, some of the different versions that we had of different things, maybe had a little more blood on it than maybe how the <laughs> final version happened. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, that was one thing I know he was a little cautious about there. So, you know, we tried to tone it down a little bit, certain guys kind of bring in you know, a certain amount of blood in there and, and some way, but we kind of make it more subtle uh with what we were doing i mean there's a version of or invite that we had that was awesome but yeah we definitely toned that that version down so (laughs) (laughs) um and and then uh one other question i want to ask you what was nick gage's reaction to um not not to him being in the game but to you know asking for his brother to be in the game i'm kind of curious about that zeke you want to handle that one oh um yeah, I, I I I talked to Nick um, at Tournament of Survival in, in Atlantic City and brought up that we you know like to get him and his brother and um and first of all he asked us to talk to uh, Brett which is what we figured he was going to do and but uh, I met up with him later that night on the uh, walk and he says he he thought he thought the idea was great that we'd be able to include his brother in the game if, if, if the deal could be working out so, yeah, he, he really liked it a lot. Um, 
I texted him the photo of the card art after right right before it got released, and he was pretty he, he was pretty excited about it. So he's he's glad he's I know he's glad to have Justice Payne in the game. Nice. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. Um, uh, I want to switch over to Ty and talk a little bit about this women's set, but before I do one more question here for you, Zeke, um, and hopefully I'll have the chance to come back to you. Um, but do you have a favorite card in the set? Oh, uh, I, yeah, I gauge, I like gauge a lot. I like Alex Colon a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I never thought. I never thought in terms of ranking. <laughs> but no, I, I like the way Madman Pondo came out. I'll uh, also say I want to say thanks to Travis for signing Madman Pondo. Um, and so yeah, no, I thought. I thought. That, I don't know. Just there's, there's. I thought there's a lot of cards came pretty well. I thought. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's an awesome set, and I, I, I love the the mechanics and the way that you've statted things, and, and I think the deathmatch charts are going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And I think, you know, just as, as a fan of the game, the fact that in one year, you know, we get these cool deathmatch charts, and we also get these amazing vintage charts, which are about as far away from one another in so many respects as they could be, but, you know, just, just add so much to the game for promoters. So, um, so great work, Zeke, as usual. I, I, think it's, I think it's a great set. Um, uh ty i wanted to talk to you obviously yeah. about this women's set um putting together a set where the flavor is going to be international you know we always get questions obviously we even had some with the indies uh or excuse me with the legend set about you know signing talent from you know japan and whatnot um i you know you you obviously do a lot of work signing the the female talent to the game did you have any roadblocks in your way to getting some of these names due to the nature of, you know, coming from other countries, no specific countries will be mentioned and the risk of spoiling anything, but, uh, uh, were there, were there any, you know, hurdles again, to use that word, uh, to getting some of these signings for this upcoming set? I don't, I don't think so. As far as just where they were based, you know, it's a matter of deciding, you know, I really like this person. I want to try to, get her in the game. Then I got to find an email or message on Twitter or something like that, some way to contact them. Um, the only time there's going to be a, more of a barrier if it's a language thing. Um, we do have the game form in uh, written in Spanish now. And I did use that one time. Um, but no, it's, it's just a matter of trying to get a contact. And sometimes you get an email for somebody and send a message and you never hear from them. And I'll wait a while and send another one. Could have gone to spam, you know, who knows what. Sure. Trying, trying to get a chance to talk to them and then go from there like you always do. And hopefully you're successful getting them signed. Uh, the, 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 the deciding who to, who to ask is, all, is also as much fun as, you know, getting the signing. You know, you want good names. You want good wrestlers. It'll be fun to do the stats for. it be good in the game. You're trying to – just basically guess. I think this person would be interested based on where they've been. A lot of people in the game that they've wrestled, things like that. And just go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of building off of that, the current state of women's wrestling, I think has been impacted a great deal by obviously, you know, the pandemic and the, there have been a lack of, of shows because a lot of the sort of like, you know, female geared promotions, you know, shimmer being a perfect example have been dark pretty much this entire time, you know, with maybe one or two exceptions here or there. Um, and we've seen promotions like AEW soak up a lot of 
you know, women from the Indies uh, as talent for their roster. Um, so when you look at it, not only as finding potential signings for the game, but also just kind of putting together the names that we already have in a way that, you know, exemplifies the current state of, of Indies and, and women wrestlers. Um, do you feel that things over the past year and a half have changed, that the landscape is different for women on the Indies today? I think it has some, but maybe not a huge deal. There's certainly like shimmer hasn't been active in other places. So I do see some women just seeing results and shows coming up, you know, on Facebook or wherever uh, you'll see more intergender matches than maybe the year before last, because, you know, if they're able to wrestle, they're going to, and it's going to be against a man, then they're going to wrestle them. Right. Whereas before women's wrestling was really getting a good head of steam, both in, you know, the big times and on the Indies. And so, I didn't think there was quite as much the intergender stuff. There's still still a lot of that out there, though. But um, overall, I still I still see you know, a good amount of shows out there um, being advertised, and uh, for this international set, it's just coming up with who you want to go get. And uh, right, I right. I got your question answered, right or not? <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I think, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of part of a continuing conversation because I think in some ways there's no way of knowing exactly how it m- may have shifted or changed. Um, you know, we can look at the business as a whole and certainly see the differences, you know, compared to a year and a half, two years ago, uh, compared to today. Um, but I think that with women's wrestling, one of the things that I'm starting to notice, and I think AEW has started to do this after a bit of a lull, quite frankly, is making sure that the women are involved a lot more and also put in kind of main event spots. Um, whereas, you know, before there was all this talk of like WWE, for instance, doing a women's only brand. Um, there was, you know, there was talk of, of, you know, partnering potentially with shimmer or, you know, that sort of thing. And now it seems to be that, 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 uh, we're seeing making it a little bit more equitable, you know, and, and kind of, um, getting the inclusion of, of women featuring women on your card, regardless of what your promotion is built around. So I, I, I think that, you know, I think that, again, that part of it is we don't know for sure, but it's also kind of, I, I feel like the, the short answer is yes, there is a change, you know, but, but figuring out exactly what it is, is, is a little bit more in the offing. Um, when putting together a set of women from different parts of the globe, uh, have you found it difficult to find footage for statting cards? A little bit. I mean, I have been working a lot on these names that we know for sure are going to be in. And I go through YouTube as much as I can. I have IWTV. I do search, see what I, who's in, might be in there. Anything on fight that I could watch. Um, so far, I haven't got to a point where I can't find any more matches and I don't like where I'm at with the card. Like, I don't think it's quite finished, but I can't find more footage. So I haven't gotten to that point yet, which is good. But there's certainly some wrestlers that I'm not finding as many matches out there to watch as uh, some of the other ones. Sure, sure. Uh, I want to shoot over to Todd real quick, and then I want to come back to you, Ty, for one, one last question because uh, you know we are running a little bit over. But uh, Todd, the decision to put together a set like this obviously you know speaks to the fact that there are international signings out there. Do you look at this as an opportunity to sort of you know? 
because we've had people obviously from other countries before um, that have been signed to the game, but generally that has to do because they were in PWG for a weekend or they were, you know, they, they're already here knowing that some of these names in this upcoming set have not been signed in person or in the United States, that they literally sent us a release form via email from somewhere else in the world. Do you think that this potentially opens us up to maybe trying to track down more international talent for sets like this in the future? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, it's still it's still a tra- you know challenge of the way that we do the signings now. I mean, I know we, you know, Mike and I have talked about some other different ways that, that we can go about making it easier for people that are not in person to to sign and agree to be in the game. So I think that might open it up even further in the future. Um, yeah, but for right now, you know, I'm very happy with you know the roster we got. There's still like a, I think one or two names that you know we. We were discussing about, you know, trying to get in there and we have some backups there. Just, you know, it's always kind of with the Indies is kind of an evolving process of who we want to get in there. So, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it definitely would have some opportunities in the future uh, to, to do more for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so Ty, I want to go back over to you because uh, we're, you know, we're going to do another special announcement here. Uh, and I would love to hear the story about how this person was signed. So without revealing who it is, it might be a short, simple story. I'm setting it up and it's just going to, you know, collapse, but I, I'm just curious, how did you go about signing the reveal for this afternoon? Well, this name, I'd heard her, her name. She's relatively early in her career, but it was last year and people on the message board even listed her as someone people wanted. So I looked her up and immediately liked her. I only knew, didn't know much about her. Just tried to find a way to contact her. And as soon as I did, she immediately said yes, was excited, you know, helped me with her moves. And this was last year. And then uh, didn't have her in the set last year. So then we changed the steam this to international and she's gotten even bigger since yeah. last year. Her career is flying high right now, I think. And it was, it was easy to put her in. So I got back in touch with her and said, you know, we're going to get your card out now. Anything about your moves in the ring you want to update? Cause she gave me stuff she did. She's like, yeah, like, this is different now and update <laughs> me your moves. So that was really cool. She helped with those things. Um, nice. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I saw a match of hers from earlier this year that should, I, should I just loved. show the art here since and, we're just uh, talking nebulously I'm, about I'm her? I was going to ask you to do it in just a second. I, okay, I was leading sorry, my way sorry. into it. You spoiled it. It's fine. Throw the art up. No, uh, in all seriousness, uh, super excited to have this name in the game. Uh, uh, Tournament Master, please bestow the art upon us. Masha Slamovich, straight from Russia to Phil Singer Games. Um, yeah, I saw a match that she had uh, on Camp Leapfrog with Edith Surreal earlier this year that I really, really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, great, great name, without a doubt. She also just recently had her own named show at Beyond Wrestling as well, too. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely someone who's coming on the, the, the radar on the indie scene for sure. Yeah, and, you know, Barry just said that is great art, and I could not agree more. I, you know, mm-hmm. Todd, you, you sent me the art, I think, yesterday or day before yesterday, and I just thought it was so, so great. Warner hit it out of the park. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, great addition, great looking art. And uh, can't wait <clears throat> to to announce the rest of the names in the set because I think it's it's going to be a very unique set and and there's definitely some very cool names involved um, and I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what people think. 
Yeah. Yeah, me too. I like the makeup of the set. And um, there's a good mix of names from all over the place. And uh, hopefully they're all, there's a lot of pretty big names. And then we'll see how much everybody says. Seems like on the board, everybody always says they know everyone when they're announced. We'll see and there's, you know, how many of these other girls that people you know, have seen or at least know their name. But I think there's plenty, plenty of good name, good stars on here. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, teaser season, Todd, when does teaser season start? Well, I mean, we're all the names and artwork from uh, release today will go out this upcoming week. Uh, so teaser season, I guess, officially starts this week. Uh, then we'll um, continue it on uh, with some new names the following week. We're going to kind of keep our same cadence of uh, Champions of the Galaxy on Monday, Indies Wednesday, and Legends Friday. And it will all build up to uh, Black Friday on uh, November 26th, or it might be even Thanksgiving night, the 25th. We'll see. We'll see how early we put it up there. Uh, but yeah, it'll be then. That'll be when everything gets put up for pre-order then, uh, including the Ringside Companion that we talked about before, uh, and then all these different releases across all three product lines. So my birthday's on Black Friday this year. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Ty, Zeke, thank you guys so very much. Uh, again, I, I love the deathmatch set. And Ty, I cannot wait to see uh, what you do with the uh, with the women's set. So really looking forward to that. And Todd, of course, thank you, as always, for stunning us with the art, taking us behind the scenes. Um, speaking of behind the scenes and speaking of, of release teaser cycle, you mentioned Champions of the Galaxy. And I don't think it has officially been announced as yet what that Champions of the Galaxy release will be. Is that right? No, it, it has not been announced yet. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to do, do that, or or should we? Or should we pivot over to our next guest? I think we can pivot to our next guest who was on camera. Oh, and he's popped back up on camera. Then. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, Rob, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, man. It's good to see you. Cool. It's good to see you too. Uh, so I think by now people might have an inkling of an idea, uh, as, as we're getting ready to talk to you about what's coming next for the champions of the galaxy line, but why don't you tell us what we can expect in December from COTG? <clears throat> well, uh, we're going to do a, a FTR set and it's going to be a 10 card set. So a full FTR set, which I guess we've done before. I don't think we've ever done 10 cards before, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, it was, I guess it got moved up, did it? Because it was going to be a prime thing in, in uh, the beginning of next year. And then we just had so many things we wanted to do with it. And this will be the last FTR set I write. And you guys take over. Right. Yeah, yeah we wanted to kind of, you know, cap it off really right. Kind of going through, you know, we were kind of going through before kind of seeing the makeup of, you know, the FTR. And it's like, well, we really kind of want to launch this as as a big set on its own. So there will be... There will be some updates. There'll definitely be plenty of new guys in there as well. It's going to be really a great way to kick off your FTR promotion if you haven't already. There's three, correct me if I'm wrong, there's three creative character winners, two by Drew Harmon and one by Pete Beck. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So that's cool. And there's some updates and uh, some new guys. Nice. And a um so i would imagine that you are deep in the writing process right now yeah i uh i actually have the whole pretty much the whole first 
thing done. Um, and I just need some updates and stuff like that. But I'm actually, uh, artwork is already in process and stats is kind of already in process, but I'm kind of on stats now. And I always circle back. But uh, yeah, like, I, like, you know, if you're ready to read Rough Draft 1, Sam, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'm always ready to read. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll sign an NDA if I need to. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, we've uh, you know we've we've talked a little bit about this before, well, a lot of it about it before, thankfully, because it's always been a pleasure about how you know a character can help define the stats. But you mentioned you know writing the story, doing some stats, maybe circling back around. So, what's the relationship like between? envisioning the story and the character and then coming up with the stats and then maybe going back. Do you ever have that opportunity where you come up with something on the stats that you think like, Oh, I need a reason for this. And then you find a way to incorporate that into the story or is it generally the story dictates the stats? I almost always typically do the stats first. This is the first set I've ever worked on mine or Tom's that I didn't work on the stats first. Um, Oh, cool. Okay. It's just, because I've been busy with it, just the way it happened. And because I wanted to get to writing, I wanted to write both this FTR set and Kronos way ahead of time. And uh, so that's what I did. And I finished FTR first. Um, so I'm kind of like behind for me, but but still on pace, I think. And But to answer your question, um, yes. Uh, I'm actually at that point now where I'm, I'm – See, the stats usually set the tone for what the, how the character is, but in this stance, I've written it first, so I know what I want the stats to look like. I just haven't designed them yet. So, like, coming up with a, a character's finisher, for example, like, knowing what I know about this character, how, how would it work? So, yeah, it's been, a, I don't want to say challenging necessarily, but it's been fun to do a little bit differently. And then I'm still really early uh, in the stat process, too. Okay. Do you, uh, when you, you know, you look at updating, uh, someone, um, you know, you've kind of had in, in your mind where everything is going for a while. Did you know who you wanted to update before you kind of sat down to do this? Or has there been anybody that's come up and been like, Oh, you know, who could use an update or, you know, the story took me this way or, or whatnot. Good story. Uh, we actually, this was going to be an eight card set and it ended up being a 10 card set because as I'm writing it, I thought this. I thought the main story this year was going to be between two guys. It ended up being between one of those guys and someone else. Just the way it okay. ended up being wrote it. And so I said, "Hey, I need a." I don't want to spoil too much, but I said, "Hey, I need another card here." Asked politely, and Todd was all as always polite in his uh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, Mike. Uh, we need to add two more cards to the FTR set. By the way. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Uh, Mike's not on for FTR. All right. <laughs> um, so no, no, you know, I'm on. Don't, hold on a minute. Let's just <laughs> hold just a second. I was I was away from the computer and couldn't hit unmute fast enough. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll see about the number, but uh, you know, got a we'll see. We got. I I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know have to you know wrap uh, your knuckles like Chad Olson here, but uh, you know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so, Rob, being that this is going to be the last FTR set that you write, um, you know, and having, you know, the updates and all this sort of stuff, do you find yourself wanting to leave things in a way that, you know, that these characters are kind of where they're going to go, where they're going to end up? Or are you leaving any of these characters maybe a little open-ended 
so that down the road we could see these guys take the next step. Oh, definitely. There's there's a series of guys, uh, characters in this set who uh, are just starting their journeys, we'll say. And there's some others who are uh, advancing on theirs. So it's a good mix. Um, as far as where I plan to leave it, that's a good question. I know the answer. Um, yeah, there's, there's, let's just say there's some of it that I'll be taking with me, and there's some that I'll be leaving for you guys. And, and this new set has two main themes, which you'll find out about. And, and one of them has to do with all these new characters coming in, these creative characters and some others um, who are all brand new characters. And there's a reason for that. And uh, that kind of sets the table for what you guys will be doing next. Kind of gives you just like this, almost like not giving you a whole bunch of important things to have to tie up on your own or kind of tie up all the important stuff and then leave like just these, all these different opportunities and all these different cool directions you guys can go in with all these new characters and new situations. And it should be a pretty cool starting off point for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I know, you know, Todd and I have, have had just the, the, the barest of discussions when it comes to trying to, you know, figure things out, but, but obviously wanting to see where things uh, end up before we, we talk any more about it. And um, do you feel like when you when you leave this, and I know we talked a bit about how you wanted to be done. You wanted to just kind of, and you know, not be a writer anymore and, and, you know, just play the game, be a fan, that sort of stuff. But do you find yourself at any point in this process so far thinking I've got more to tell, I'm not going to be able to fit it all in, or do you feel like it's, it's going to be where you want to leave it? It's absolutely where I want to leave it. It's perfect. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's it's not that I don't want to write so much. It's it, it's actually the opposite of that. It's that I wanted to write something that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's pretty much it. You know, I, I want to be able to make sure I uh, don't leave anything on the table. Nice. You know, um, these, 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 these opportunities we have, they're so precious. They're so rare that um, – and they don't last forever, you know. So I wanted to make sure when I, when I was given this opportunity with Kronos and both FTR – I didn't want to just keep doing it and then have, and you know, and then not, I don't want to, I don't know where, not know where I was going with it, but I want to definitely, I pretty much came up with the ending at the beginning, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I appreciate every opportunity I've been given and uh, I'm actually really looking forward to wrapping it up. It's, it's nice to kind of, it's cool to like this, all this started years ago in my head, talking to Mike and then it's all the end. Like we are in the ending now, like you're getting the ending FTR, you're getting the ending of Kronos and it's been a long ride, but it's been awesome. And in, in my opinion, these are going to be the best sets of the series, but I'll let you decide. And I'll just interject a little bit. It's not the ending of FTR. It's actually, it's almost like the new beginning, you know, F, I don't know, I wouldn't say FTR 2.0 cause that has some weird connotations these days, but. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it reminds me and there's been some talk about this in the news just recently. If, if you know, we have any, any sci-fi, TV lovers out there, but it, it reminds me a lot of like Doctor Who, where you have a producer come on 
And it, you know, generally they say like, okay, I'm going to, I've got my three years and this is what I want to do with my, my three years that I'm going to be here. And this is the story I want to tell. And then you get a new producer who comes on, you know, and sometimes when those, and most of the time when those new producers come, a new doctor comes with it, if you're familiar with the show. And so the, you know, they get the opportunity to kind of, you know, they're building off of what came before, but they also get the opportunity to tell their story their way, which is, which is really cool. And, and so I kind of feel like, that's the, you know, that's what you're leaving in some ways is it's like, you know, you've, you've built this thing, you've told your story and now you're kind of handing off the baton and saying like, there's more stories to tell. I'm just not going to be the one to tell those stories. Um, which is, which is cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's super cool. Um, you know, I can't wait to see what you guys do with it. Yeah. And that's all I meant was the end of, uh, the things I intended to write at the beginning and I've gotten them all out. And in fact, um, couple of the characters in the set we talked last time i think we talked together we talked about F- that ftr3 set that got like never got made there's two right. characters in this set so they're all they've all made it now nice so all everything in my everything i have had stored in my brain for years as far as this this storyline goes is out there now and and the chrono stuff is a little bit different than that there's still new stuff i'm working on but but yeah I, i'm not saying that i'll never like if they say, Hey, I need a, something for Chronos for Prona Prime, I might do a character. But as far as like actually writing these sets, you know what I'm saying? Like the way there was the CPC and the ACE and, and Centra, and this is the end of Chronos and FTR as far as my contributions are. Sure. Cool with all that. I loved every second. Well, um, if, if I can say something, you know, one of the yeah. things I think it's really cool about the approach Rob's taken. Now, Rob's done like this awesome thing because Tom always talked about you know, how like comic books influenced them. And I think Rob more than anybody sort of taken that sort of thing where, you, you know, writers come into comic books and they, they take their time, they, they tell their story and then they pass it off. And I think yeah. that nobody's done a better job of that than Rob. I think he's, uh, he's really told a wonderful story, but also left something for you guys to, to pick up and go with. And I think, you know, to me, that's one of the, the coolest things about Rob's talent is that he's, figured out a way to make all that work and, and be flexible for everybody. So I think like, I don't think it's been done before to in the Phil Singer games universe. So I think it's worth like really pointing out, like it's really cool. So your, your parallel is, is much more apropos uh, and better than mine was, but uh, uh, as far as comics go, sorry, it's uh, I don't know if anybody can hear the rumble in the jungle upstairs, but my toddler is not having a very good time right now. Uh, so uh, one of the questions that I, I, I want to kind of shift to here abruptly is TK has a question for us. Uh, Rob, are there any new divas? Divas? Is that what we're saying these days? Uh, will there be any female talent uh, in the set? There will be. And it's Fantastic. probably good timing. Is Todd, do you have, are you there? Nope. Oh, look at this. Now that looks awesome. That's Witch. Uh, her story is she's been cast off her planet, uh, accused of being a witch. She denies it. She takes, she wears the slur with pride, so she calls herself witch. And uh, I'll leave it at that. You find all uh, find out about her in the handbook. Well, that is a suitably spooky teaser for a spooky time of year. I love it. I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about that. Have you ever felt, um, you know, speaking of, of adding women into this, have you ever felt any pressure to like fill any specific niches or have you always been able to just sort of like, you know, tell the story you want to tell and, and have the characters come along that you need? Um, 
when I did the GWFZ, I was very empathetic to everything people wanted, obviously, um, trying to make everything fit. That was cool, trying to make uh, take what people did and make it work together, tag teams, factions, things like that. But as far as my own stuff, no. Um, kind of goes back to what I was just saying. This is such it's such a such a rare opportunity. How many people get to work for their for their their their, their childhood, you know, love, the, the favorite thing in the world? So um you you you're you're I'm bursting with ideas, I'm bursting with feelings, and 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 it's funny because I'm sure like everybody else out there, I've when I was a kid and even probably later than that, bothered Tom about hey, this would be cool or that would be cool in GWF. And he'd be like, Yeah, yeah, I got my own ideas. And I was always like, what are, you know, and I get it now because you really do have all your own ideas. And there's ideas that of yours, you don't even get them out. You have so many ideas. So, um, but that's part of the reason that it's, that's why the ending is so cool is nothing lasts forever. And, you know, it's kind of cool to, to pick the characters that you want to end with, I guess is the way to put it. Harden was one of those characters. I was totally content with that character. I even told Mike, I said, if that's the last character I ever do, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and so yeah no that's that's cool i like that you know it kind of ties back into to what we were talking about with like austin idol and just being sort of like taking that destiny and saying like i'm gonna do this you know my way i'm gonna tell my story and i'm gonna you know use it to kind of build my my own thing my own sandbox um and 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 i think that it's neat because you know mike pointed out that this is unique within sort of phil singer games and that you know in, in a way where we're all part of this larger sandbox but you know getting to kind of create you know your own corner you know as mike has done obviously with with future shock and, and he's done with ftr um so i know that we're we're probably getting to the point here where we want to wrap up but i am curious if there's anything that you want to tease um you know storyline wise character wise um you know hint at for for what people can expect from the the FTR set? Mm, no, I'm not even going to give away the name of the set yet because um, I usually give away the big stuff first and I don't think I'm going to do that this time. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just different. I just go with the flow, man. I just do, I don't know. It writes itself. So I don't even know what the next teaser is going to be, but um, oh, actually, yes, I do. Todd, are we going to do the, t- the tag team next? Uh, yeah, I think that probably makes sense. I absolutely love that art, so I think we should get that out there. They're they're awesome. Yeah, so it'll be week from Monday. Team, and and I think you guys are gonna love it. It's very colorful. You'll love nice. It. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's always a, a pleasure to get the chance to, to talk to you uh, in general, but uh, talking about the FTR sets and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, to seeing what uh, what you've got planned for us for, for uh, this next chapter. Awesome. I can't wait for you to read it. I'll actually have something for you uh, probably by next weekend at the absolute latest. Right on. I take these, I read it, and as I read I take these screenshots and I circle my mistakes or whatever I want to change, and my phone is full of them. So I got to go <laughs> rewrite it, and that's how I do it. So but once I do that, and I'm sure there'll be a bunch more of those, but I can give you the first draft. That's cool. I, well, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's a, it's a privilege. Uh, so Rob, thank you so much, man. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Tournament master. What do you got for us? Well, you know, I was just about to ask and then, uh, Richie just, uh, or about to say something and Richie beat me to it. Uh, will COGG Q4 promoter prime be FTR focus? No, it will not. 
Actually, there'll be a different focus. <laughs> the prime, and we're not going to tell you what that is right now. No? Okay. We're not. We're not. So. <laughs> Not Unless you really want to say something, Swarm. Yeah, it's a tough, I'll, you know. I'll give you guys a teaser line. Think of a teaser line, sure. Go ahead. You can't have a war without America. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, look, definitely uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I do see a uh, question here from Toaster Boy Will the Iron Mike record ship? with the winter stuff before it's going to ship out very soon uh we're actually uh waiting to get the the stickers in stock i do did get the mike record cards uh we do have the collectible stickers the uh the first sticker that we're going to do in the series is going to be a phil singer game sticker that's going to go out uh i'm waiting to get those i should have those pretty soon so probably uh people will start getting those within the next uh within the next week or two something like that um so let's see, other than that, um, a couple other announcements I did want to say. So, um, you know, Galacticon next year, uh, the plan is to go back to Chicago. I don't have all the, all the details right now, but I will say uh, keep the weekend of July uh, 16th open. So 15, 16, 17, keep that weekend open. Make your plans for Chicago there. I will say I did realize I figured out last week that the Mets are in town in Wrigley for four games that weekend. And I intend to be there for at least one of them, if not more than one. We'll see. And hopefully I can get a couple other guys uh come in, uh come and join me for that. Um, oh, I'll be there. Well, okay, yo, I'm <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> there will be some type of online component. It might not be as big as last year because I think most of the people that help us run the online side of things are going to be there in person. But we're going to figure out something that will be available for all the uh, people to join us online uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it might be a little bit more focused on the in-person this year. Again, a lot more details we've been talking about, figuring, but nothing yet to announce. Hopefully... Uh, come time for our January con, we'll have a lot more details. There will be a January con, a 2022 Phil Singer Games perennial uh, late January. We'll have more details on that date. I'm trying to figure out a couple of things of what's going on. I know with, you know, NFL schedule and Royal Rumble schedule changing around and whatnot, I'm trying to make sure it's a, a, a time that's available for most people uh, that it won't be conflicting with other things you'll want to be doing at the same time including me. Uh, but I did want to say, I do have a date of a virtual event to announce. And that is going to be Friday night, November 19th. So it's the Friday night before the Thanksgiving holiday here in the States. Uh, and it's going to be, I think around eight 30, I'll have more details on that soon, but it's going to be our first ever Filster games game night. And uh, we're going to, it's going to be free to everybody to attend. And uh, you, uh, what we'll do is we're going to set up a thread on the message board for challenges. And if two people kind of want to have a challenge of a certain matchup that they want to promote during that, uh, during that event, uh, they can do that on the message board and they'll be able to have that match during that Phil Singer Games game night. So it can be champions. It can be legends. It can be indies. Anything that you want to have, you can do that. And then kind of over the course of the next couple of weeks, you can build up that match with promos, with anything else that you want to. So two different promoters kind of get together 
build up this match and we'll see what we'll see what happens it's kind of our first experiment into something like this so it's going to be a friday night november 19th uh i believe 8 30 p.m eastern is the plan at this point uh just so it can kind of be available for people in the east coast west coast people in europe i know it's going to be a late night you're more than welcome to join us hopefully you can stay up late that night uh we'll see but uh, we want to make sure it's available for everybody if it's if it's something that people like, we'll look to do them more often. But uh, this is something I think people have been asking about for a little while, so that's our plan. <laughs> uh, Ellie Rafe asked a great question uh, in relation to that uh, about maybe getting Grant uh, to do another Phil Singer Quiplash on November. Oh, 19th. that's a great idea! Absolutely, I love that. That was a great part of Galacticon for sure. And actually, I, I you know, if the, you know I, I put it at eight thirty, so you know, Grant has the option of doing his podcast before or after. But you know, I'll, I'll kind of let him, uh, you know, decide what he wants to do with a pre-show or if he wants to, uh, you know, wait till afterwards. We'll we'll see. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, anything else from Fed HQ? I don't think for me, Mike. Anything from your side? No, we got uh, the fall releases out. Now we're gearing up for the holiday releases. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Work never Absolutely. ends. Well, I do want to uh, put a big thank out. Thank you for everybody that's helped today. We are going to have that second semifinal and finals right after this, but in case people are dropping out, I definitely want to give a, a big thank you to everybody who helped moderate our tournaments today. So TK, uh, Troy, uh, Chris, and uh, Sam, thank you for that. And also, Sam, thank you so much for hosting everything today. You know, uh, behind the scenes, I've been kind of the Vince McMahon, kind of giving the time cues and stuff like that and being in his ear and kind of managing everything with the questions. So, you know, he definitely handled that like a pro and definitely appreciate that, Sam. I don't think thank you talk you. as much in people's ears as Vince McMahon does. I'm no, no, definitely not that much. That's for sure, yeah. Not <laughs> producing not. that level. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. It was, it was a heck of a lot of fun as usual. And I, you know, thank you to everyone who participated attended and uh you know threw in the questions uh it was it was great you, you know I, i'm sorry if i didn't get to your question uh and i'll certainly try to do it next time uh but if you have any questions for the roll-up crew feel free to you know send them my way and we will definitely you know try to get to those on the podcast uh we'll be recording on tuesday unless you know i'm in a delivery room so <laughs> yeah. we'll see <laughs> there you have it what do you have to say todd what do you think Hey, you know, another successful con, um, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned before about all the great questions that people did, you know, pr provided and uh, I think it definitely adds to the conversation. Luckily, I think a lot of the, the questions about, Hey, are you going to sign blah, blah, blah. <laughs> finally, you know, luckily yeah. people are realize those are probably not going to get asked right? or so, you know, but the, the questions people are coming up with the, are really great. And, uh, you know, did we, we did mention as part of this, you know, the big con, next summer in chicago yeah so uh, i know while i was uh you know we're recording some of this tonight i did get a message from uh mr michael brada uh who's you know right nice. in chicago there i know he's eager to help in whatever way and i'm definitely going to take him advantage of that and i said uh you asked about the if kraken was going to make an appearance and i i think he might so we'll yes. see we'll see in person i'm looking forward to that yeah i think we have to really bring back the costume contest for real you know oh, and yeah amp it up another level uh for this year i think it's you know, even, even bigger and better this year uh, absolutely 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad you brought up Michael because uh, Michael, along with Barry, Mouse Lover, uh, KB, uh, and, and our friend Travis, um, you know, all, all of those guys have, you know, just shot me like questions, um, not even like on the day of or the day before, but sometimes like a week or two before, you, you know, a panel or a con or something mm-hmm. like that in the past, uh, or the podcast, even like if they know, we, you know, what, what's coming next on the podcast and like, hey, can you ask this? Can you ask that? And uh, again, I'm so uh, I'm so grateful for that. I appreciate the fact that you know that people are are as engaged, and you know we've talked about it before, uh, just last week, even in the week before, about how people are just feeling more engaged than ever, and that's been the point of all of this. Yeah, it's been the point of the podcast. It's been the point of the cons. Um, you, you know, you and I have been talking about this for. Uh, quite a while now, you know, at least two years ago when, when we were doing King of Pro Wrestling podcast mm-hmm. with, with uh, Phil Serian Games content and, and just like, it, you know, I think I said to you at one point, I was like, hey, I love doing this and I love doing it, you know, on, on my podcast, if you will, but I think that there should be there should be a Phil Singer Games podcast, like a real, you know, yeah. official podcast. So, you know, the fact that here we are a couple of years later and granted, some shit went down in the world that kind of forced the hand in a little ways, but, but at the same time, you know, the fact that here we are two years later and, you know, it's really happening and people are feeling more engaged than ever. And there's so much great content and creators out there, obviously the Uncharted Territory team, Grant with the Phil Singer uh, Games Fan Podcast, uh, you know, Lee doing Dizzy Dice, uh, Brock uh, with, the, with the Twitch stream, um, you know, there's just so much cool stuff uh, going on and people are, are engaged and, and, uh, it's definitely one of those cases, the rising tide, you know, and everybody benefits from it. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously again, all spurred from, you know, needing to do something for Galacticon and, you know, really just <laughs> kind of working out for the best, you know, it, you know, sometimes you're out of uh tragedy, you know, could come some good things, you know, who, you know, you, you never know. So, right. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, again, great, great con. Glad everybody was able to participate and, and enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be doing uh, next one, uh, you know, next January. I think I have the date in mind. I just need to make sure I clear with everybody that everybody's able to make that day in particular, at least, you know, some of the key people there. So expect to hear something probably I'd say by the time we, uh, by the time, uh, you know, the Thanksgiving week rolls around, I think we'll be able to at least announce a date and then probably, you know, we'll have tickets up, you know, sometime maybe at, uh, you know, the be- you know, maybe the beginning of the year, maybe not, you know, too far in advance, but, you know, right, right at the beginning of the year, we'll probably put some tickets on sale for the, for that next virtual con, uh, the perennial con. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I said, I might, I might need some other new names for the spring and the, the fall cons if we come up with something kind of more, you know, fun and catchy. Uh, but I like the perennial for that January. I think it oh, really, yeah. uh, fits for that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, uh, Black Friday has become quite the banner day for Phil Singer games. It really yeah. has, you know, um, cool it, announcements that go beyond just, you know, additions, you know, card releases. Right. And, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, is kind of asked by somebody recently, you know, about having some type of a deal on Black Friday, because, you know, usually we have, uh, you do a lot of our announcements and pre-orders for new stuff, but I think people are also usually looking for sales and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, this year we will be doing some type of a, of a sale uh, that will be available as well. So we'll announce that a little bit closer uh, to the date, uh, you know, for people who need to, uh, you know, maybe catch up on some some old things. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have that available for you too. 
Oh, that's very cool. That sounds awesome. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I think we've just about covered what we need to cover, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, you know, just, uh, if you want to be part of that uh, Phil Singer Games Night on uh, you know November nineteenth, uh, we'll be having a big teaser that'll go up uh, that night as well. So we'll be able to you know discuss that in person right after the teaser goes up. But uh, you know eight thirty on the nineteenth, make sure you join us. Keep uh, you know take a look. You should see postings about it uh, on the website and on the message board about how to participate in that. Uh, I'd like to see people out. If this is something that people really enjoy, maybe we'll do it more often. You know, like yeah. you know, there's been talk. Oh, we should do something every month. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to do everything, something every month on a big scale. But you know, one of these nights, I'm kind of like maybe in between each of the quarterly cons, I can definitely commit to doing that. And you know, maybe you know, maybe even more if it, if it really really takes off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, opportunity, I think, in doing something like this, and 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 obviously with, you know, with Zoom as a platform, but also you know Twitch and you know and other platforms out there to potentially you know find our way into. There's there's uh, yeah, there's a good chance that something like this you know could continue, and and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the opportunity just to get together and hang out, even if I don't really necessarily you know play anything. So um, it'll be a great time. And we can discuss all these new teasers live and in person. And people can start asking questions, pepper us with questions that we may or may not be able to answer. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> well, by that point, I'm sure we're getting lots of questions like, well, what's going to be, you know, the special thing next week? You know, right, like, right, yeah, we're right. going to keep our, our mouths shut about that. But, you know, I think we'll at least be able to, you know, at least talk about the stuff. There, there should be some some good stuff coming up uh, the next the next you know, couple of weeks after this. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, without a doubt. And I think that for the podcast in particular, there's some exciting things that, you know, we've kind of got, uh, you know, potentially um, in, in the pipeline that I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, I think with the Austin Idol interview, it became clear and, and it's been something that I've been thinking about for a while that, you know, we've got the opportunity to, to, to do more even than, you know, uh, just talk about the game, you, you know, to, to, yeah. to talk to other people. And one of our earliest episodes, we um, talked to Dylan Hales, for instance, uh, from IWTV. We were able to, uh, um, you know, just have a really good conversation that didn't you know, really involve the game hardly at all, uh, you know, tangentially, obviously related to the game. And I think that there's, there's more of that in store promoters. I'll just, sure. I'll just leave it at that. So um, any, any other news or notes from FedHQ? No, I think that's it for right now. So yeah, we'll be back uh, next week and we'll have some uh, fresh main event material for you. That's right. No more canned content. (laughs) No more canned content. We're we're, we're breaking out the fresh stuff next week. Freshly squeezed? That, that's right. <laughs> maybe actually you know you know there might be a little bit of something that in our next week's discussion we'll, we'll see you know we'll yeah keep, keep tuned uh right on well hey promoters thank you so much for lending us your ears we really appreciate it it's always wonderful to get the opportunity to talk about the game that we all love and uh it's lovely to get your feedback as well we weren't necessarily alive this week if you will so we don't necessarily know what you said about last week but by the time we get around to next week's episode so uh, we'll be a little bit more connected and, and get to follow up on some things, hopefully. Um, but we really appreciate it. Uh, take care of yourselves and one another in the meantime. And we'll be back at you real soon with another episode of Roll Up. Roll Up.